Compliance is a profession where people work tirelessly to make the world a better place. And there are hundreds of amazing and inspiring women who have helped the field develop into what it is today. Great Women in Compliance is part of the Compliance Podcast Network. So join Mary Shirley and Lisa Fine as they talk with women in compliance who are making a difference. Welcome to the Great Women in Compliance Podcast with Lisa Fine and Mary Shirley. I'm Mary Shirley, and today I'm delighted to invite back one of our inaugural guests, Christy Granthart. Christy was an absolute angel to me when Lisa and I first started the podcast. She supported us right from the start and in fact was one of the bravest people because she agreed to be on the podcast before we had a name for ourselves, a track record, or even really much of a guaranteed audience. And so, Christy, thank you so much for supporting us from the start and returning again today. Um, For any new listeners uh, since day one, will you give us a quick refresh about your background, please? Sure. Um, So I originally came from the world of film and television um, out of UCLA into Hollywood, Uh, decided that it would be more fun to use my mind in different ways and went to law school, Uh, graduated, went into uh, FCPA defense with Gibson Dunn. And they moved me to London in 2011, um, where I met and married my British husband and went, well, now what? I'm not a, I'm not a British solicitor. What am I going to do? And uh, ended up going into compliance at that point. So mm-hmm. first as the director of compliance for Europe, the Middle East, and Africa at Carlson Wagon Lee Travel. And then as chief compliance officer at United International Pictures, which is the joint venture of Paramount and Universal, 65 countries. Uh, in 2015, I decided to take the plunge uh, when I wrote my first book, which is How to Be a Wildly Effective Compliance Officer, to start Spark Compliance Consulting. Um, we started in London. We've expanded into Los Angeles, Chicago, and New York. Um, and most recently, we have our first software training game, which is called Compliance Competitor. So we're in the consulting world. We're in the software world, the training world. And it's a, it's a very great world to be in. Awesome. Well, you're just taking the compliance world by storm. Uh, and I think ever since I first saw you speak at a conference um, back in 2015, um, you gave off that sort of vibe of, you know, wanting to take things on, be a, a huge achiever. And it has been a pleasure to, to see you achieve so much in such a relatively short period of time. Congratulations on the launch of Compliance Competitor. Um, As you say, it came out last year. And uh, I thought it was a very innovative way to gamify compliance education and awareness. When you were building the concept for the product, you paid a lot of attention to adult learning theory. And it's important for us to understand that when we construct our training programs in compliance, we need to be conscious of the fact that adults learn in a different way than children do. And therefore, we need to tailor our approach to an adult audience. Will you walk us through the fundamentals of adult learning theory, please? (laughs) Sure. So when we were creating Competitor, uh, we really wanted to not just be guessing at this. So we partnered with a person called um, Dr. Hayes out of University College London, who has been an educational psychologist for 20 plus years, who really helped us to understand how to do this most effectively. Um, and the most important uh, sort of father of all of this um, is called Dr. Knowles, and he created this idea of andragogy, um, which is teaching to adult learners. And the basic idea of it is that children learn by being taught by a teacher or a parent. They hear mm-hmm. things, they do things, they're watching the teacher and trying to please them or emulating what it is they've been told. Adults are always all about why. 
They are not interested in being talked down to or being told what to do. They're actually much more interested in why do I care about this? What's in it for me? Immediate application is incredibly important to adults. Um, If you don't tell them why they're there right up front, you're Mm -hmm. done. And Mm -hmm. so much compliance training starts with, let's talk about the FCPA. Let me explain Mm -hmm. to you the definition of bribery. That's Mm -hmm. absolutely against adult learning. It should be, Mm -hmm. you're here because the gifts and hospitality policy applies to you. And if you get it wrong, you could be punished or fired. So I'm Mm going to tell you how to not have those things happen, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And then you go into the ethics of why gifts and hospitality can cause problems, the blah, blah, whatever. But you start with why. If you don't start with why, you've got about 30 seconds to get somebody's attention. And it's incredibly important to do that in a way that makes them feel like there's a reason for me to be here. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. So Simon Sinek was right. and um, (laughs) Start with why, yes. Right. Um, And um, would I be right in assuming that it doesn't need to necessarily be overly lengthy or comprehensive an explanation, just one or two sentences that would be inserted at the beginning of a an in-person session or if it's an e-learning, you'd put it right up front as some of the first texts that people are going to be looking at or hearing from the audio. Yeah, I think it's really important that people know you chose them on purpose, <laughs> that it's not, right? Because there's this temptation in compliance training, especially with e-learning, to be like, well, I'll just invite everybody, right? Like yeah. the admin staff definitely could be bribed at some point. You're like, really? When? How? Um, yeah. And so I think it's asking that question of yourself. So starting with why for yourself with yeah. the groups that you're inviting and making really certain that there is a darn good reason for them to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you can do that effectively, then people begin to trust you more because mm-hmm. next time they get an invite, at least they'll feel like there's a reason for it as opposed to, oh my gosh, everybody has to do, you know, whatever that training is, like antitrust or something where, or trade sanctions. And I just look at it, I'm like, are they really exposed to trade sanctions? Like mm-hmm. who actually can get you in trouble mm-hmm. by selling to Iran? And if the answer mm-hmm. is a very small number of people, then your training should go to a very small number of people and you should get confident mm-hmm. about that. Mm. Another interesting piece of what you said was that the immediate application is critical. And I think that is a very tricky um, situation for compliance officers because a lot of the time we're training to worst case scenario, compliance crisis, compliance emergency. Um, and many of us have been through those, um, as we as we know. Yet um, at any given time, you're not necessarily likely to be, um, you know, having regulators knock on the door for a dawn raid. Um, And so I I guess that would mean that just-in-time training becomes critically important. What um, what are your thoughts on the immediate application and how we can better uh, take that into account when we're training about compliance topics? So I remember being at, I think it's the Chicago SCCE conference a couple mm-hmm. of years ago, maybe three, four, and um, Ricardo, telephone from the broadcast, mm-hmm. got up and he basically said, stop training people to be lawyers, train them on exactly what to do. Mm-hmm. And it really, it was the audience, some of them got really upset with this idea of, <laughs> no, you you literally, if you're going to talk about gifts and hospitality, you tell them the process of getting that part done and yeah. the why they're being taught it. That's it. You know, there's forget about the FCPA, forget about the illegality, mm-hmm. forget about the rest of it. This is what they have to do and and mm-hmm. why. So there is some of that, you know, the why is built into the illegality part, but it it really is what do I need to do? 
Um, mm-hmm. I'm writing a blog this week about not over-inviting people to meetings because if you oh, don't have a what that. you need them to do, if you can't yeah. answer why do you need, if it's to update yeah. them on the compliance program, like my head explodes. So mm-hmm. they'll stop coming, right? And it's the mm-hmm. same kind of thing. They may be forced to do training, but they'll stop coming emotionally or mentally. So you mm-hmm. have to make mm-hmm. it something that is applicable to them. If you can't tell me why, what they need to do at the end mm-hmm. of this training, why are you giving it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so first I would say fully on board with this, um, well, I kind of want to say anti-meeting, but that's probably not quite correct. Um, anti-unwarranted attendance at meetings. That. Um, mm-hmm. um, or even, you know, meetings that could have been emails. That kind of stuff drives me nuts. It's a massive time suck. It's incredibly disrespectful. Re- recurring meetings. are the, oh, oh my yeah. gosh. Like we're going to have a meeting on Tuesday for the next six months. Like Really? Mm-hmm. Why, do we really need one every Tuesday? I just, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah, fully on board with that. Um, if it wasn't socially unacceptable, I'd probably tag some people in that. Um, <laughs> or as we say in New Zealand, career-limiting move. Um, you know, it it is a message that it would be great to get out there of <laughs> effective communication does not equal let's bring everyone together for a meeting. Sometimes that is the answer to a, you know, a huge problem that you have and you, you can't move, you're stuck. Um, but yeah, a recurring meeting every Tuesday is probably not the answer to most, um, of the issues that you have going on. So, um, I'm looking forward to seeing that come out for sure. May just share it, um, in an indirect way. (laughs) Let's do an, in a nutshell, um, sentence here. So if nothing else, the one thing you think everyone needs to incorporate in their compliance training program with regard to adult learning theory is? We should start with why. <laughs> that is just the number <laughs> one thing. Start with, apologies for the tangent on the meetings thing, but honestly, it had to be said. Um, it's, it's start with why, and it's reorder your e-learning, because usually you get to why eventually in the e-learning, move it forward, mm-hmm. use a vendor that can change that kind of stuff. If you're doing videos, if you're doing webinars, if you're doing live training, just start with why this audience was chosen so they know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Lovely. Excellent. Thank you. Um, What's something interesting you've observed from facilitating um, compliance competitor with clients that came as a surprise to you? So compliance competitor works two ways. Either the internal compliance team facilitates for all of their sessions, mm-hmm. or, so they're about an hour long. And then sometimes uh, either me, my partner, Nicole Deschino, or some of the other Sparkies, as we call ourselves, <laughs> do, does, the, uh, does the facilitation for the client. And we have a, um, a really big global client where we've done games for them virtually and a few in person in New York and in Switzerland, Chile, Australia, et cetera. What's fascinating is that people all choose different answers. Um, so the game is funny in that there are no completely right answers. And some right. of them will argue with you, right? Mm-hmm. And so we've had sessions where people mm-hmm. really, you know, they, they, they take things in different ways. And so mm-hmm. what's interesting is how they think through the problem. Because we can mm-hmm. watch them negotiating with each other on their teams. Mm-hmm. And they all think through it differently. And I mm-hmm. would think that with compliance training, I, I think we have a sense that people all work through problems the same way. Yeah. And they don't. Mm-hmm. So watching people and how they think and how they negotiate to get to the answer mm-hmm. for their team has been fascinating because it's mm-hmm. it, I expected it to be similar and it's not. Yeah, um, 
I was in one of your pilot sessions and um, I like to think I have some experience in compliance. And so it was very humbling to be beaten by your mum, Christy, who's not a <laughs> compliance professional. Mm. It's whole, the compliance people, when compliance people actually play, they tend to overthink everything and they tend to get things wrong. I, I was doing a demo once and the compliance team picked the worst answer because usually I pick the worst answer so that I can say that they won. And I was like, what do I do here? Do I tie them for worst answer? <laughs> Was, anyway, that one didn't go as well as it could have. But, <laughs> then, but look, as I call them the normals, they tend to think a yeah. lot differently than compliance folks. So it's actually yeah. somewhat easier for them to look at it and, and put it in real world because that's the where they live, right? The real mm-hmm. world. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Well, I think it's incredibly entertaining. It opens up uh, compliance conversations in, a, in, in quite a disarming way, right? Like if compliance is not necessarily even winning, um that's a great position for us to come from to talk about, okay, well, you know, this is obviously not a perfect world scenario, but when we're in a compliance crisis, that's not going to be either. And there are going to be lots of different considerations for us to think through. And we're going to come from, from different perspectives. Um, As you no doubt remember from your in-house compliance days, many of us are building world-class programs, but sometimes while juggling multiple portfolios and more often than not with budget constraints. I know that we like to do the joke of who here has unlimited budget, ha, 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 ha. Um, And of course, the room is largely silent. So um, for most of us, we care about um, doing things in a cost-effective way, but also from an efficiency standpoint, no one wants to waste time on things where they don't have to. So leveraging off already existing systems and infrastructure can be a great way to economize. Um, but also if you're like me, uh, having to save different links to various tools and remembering my logon credentials is a giant pain in the rump. So what are your tips for making do with what you've got? I think that it behooves us to try to be creative in our own ways. So there's, uh, it is a lot of tools that are available to you, but there are tools like, like Canva and like Doodly and like some of the other programs mm-hmm. that are free or there are mm-hmm. free versions of them mm-hmm. that can be really um, clever and interesting. I, w- I would talk to my LMS folks because a lot of times people with learning management systems, they have creative capabilities you may not even know about. Mm-hmm. Um, I would go to my existing vendors and ask them what's new and interesting, what the, what's on their path. I would mm-hmm. definitely ask them about what they're doing to, to test effectiveness because that's mm-hmm. such a big buzzword. And I think that most of the, the training companies are trying to do really more creative, more interesting things, especially with things like micro-learning. Um, I would also recommend that you really, we call them when we do uh when we do these plans at Spark Compliance, we call them education plans because mm-hmm. people so often separate training and communications as if they're totally different ideas as opposed mm-hmm. to creating building blocks where you're learning things in different ways with different communication strategies as well. So I would think of that more holistically. And, and from an adult learning perspective, one of the things that we have found is that um, adults really hate simple mm-hmm. uh, They like to be taught with complexity. And I think mm-hmm. that a lot of times compliance fights that because they mm. want correct answers. They, mm. One of the reasons we don't have correct mm-hmm. answers is because what's the least worst answer mm-hmm. when you've already gotten in trouble, when your protagonist has already messed up, how do you mm-hmm. try to get out of it? And mm-hmm. I think that that's a lot more realistic. So I think we need to stop being afraid of uh, commingling ideas. Mm-hmm. So stop mm-hmm. being afraid, like this is GDPR training. Yeah, it is. But what if you also threw in some antitrust mm-hmm. issues in the middle of that? What if your mm-hmm. modern slavery had bribery underlying it? What if we added mm-hmm. the ethics element of conflicts into that conflicted mm-hmm. characters? 
Um, I think that there's a lot we can do with what we have when we think about the adult learning experience as being one that is complex, the why am I here, the mm-hmm. not easy answers, the the real life scenario stuff um, that isn't called down into, simplific- into simplified statements, but is really real life is hard, come to us when it's hard, and here's how we want you to think about what to do, but essentially, even if you've already messed up. Mm-hmm. That was so revealing. And I think you're absolutely right that sometimes it's tempting to go down the course of spoon feeding people because that's going to be easier. But what if you knew that spoon feeding people was not the best way um, to engage them from a training perspective, that they don't enjoy that? Um, And it's underestimating people as well. Um, Like, if I can do it, you can do it, surely. So, um, I love the idea of taking scenarios and throwing in loads of different issues for spotting, almost turning it into a risk treasure hunt. Um, That is the approach that um, we've been taking in my team of late. And it's easy. Like all you need to do is take different fact matrices from um, investigations, internal audit findings, and then pull the threads of the red flags and turn it into a a one or two paragraph story, weaving in your little goodies and nuggets for people to find. So um, I love that, Christy. That is awesome and uh, great actionable advice for our listeners to to move from. And I will say um, uh, our cover art for the podcast is done with Canva, uh, but that even even then, I still forget my login credentials sometimes. So <laughs> get a good password manager. <laughs> yes, that's the best advice I have for you. Get a good password manager. <laughs> yes, and for any um, tips on that, uh, do take a look back at one of our um, episodes um, from earlier in the year um, on the data security update, where we give some tips as to a couple of good password managers there um, from one of our guests, Rachel. Um, So that brings me to my last question, um, and that is, what's next for Christy Grant Hart? (laughs) Um, Right now, I'm I'm really excited about what Spark's been doing. Um, We grew 40% Mm. last year, which is unbelievable in terms Mm -hmm. of, you know, needing more staff, needing more Mm -hmm. more people to work with us. And and that's exciting competitor. Uh, We're just starting to really see so much uptick, um, Mm -hmm. clients that are renewing and then telling their friends. So for me, really, my job this year is to grow Spark, to grow competitor, and to be the best that I can be in the profession and hopefully help some people out with the the advice from all the things that I see. Oh, well, Christy, I think you're already viewed as um, being top tier in the profession as it is. So you can check that one off. And um, Hopefully, this conversation was a little less stilted than your original Gwick podcast episode of a nervous Mary of three years ago doing her first episodes. Um, It's been a pleasure chatting with you. Thank you uh, for all of the support that you've given to the podcast, the book, and um, as a, a friend in the field, so much appreciated. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Great Women in Compliance. We hope you'll join us in honoring the great women in the compliance field by subscribing to this podcast and leaving a review. 